The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn a sports leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, August 14th, 2023. This is the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back of Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 1067. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope you're all having a good Monday as well. Uh, Let me tell you, it feels like August around here. I mean, the state of Alabama has been unbelievably hot and look I know it gets hot around here in the summer but does anybody else feel that it's hotter than usual in this month of August I mean it's been it has been brutal um and you've got temperatures hovering around 95 or so give or take but the feels like temperature has been 110 115. I mean, we've had a heat index warning every single day, it seems like. Uh, you just you just look outside, and it's hot, and you start breaking a sweat. So uh, hopefully you are uh, working inside or staying inside if, you, uh, if you're able to, and if you're outside, stay hydrated, man. It is unbelievably hot. Just going to lunch and back, I'm just, you know, you just get so hot all of a sudden. But uh, again, hope you're all doing well. Lots to talk about on the Monday edition of On the Line. We're going to talk about that scrimmage on Saturday for Auburn football. Uh, No, we did not get to watch it, but Hugh Freeze spoke afterwards, and so uh, we will uh, talk about what he had to say. Some good, some not so good. And we'll talk about uh, what Auburn needs to do moving forward as we are, folks, 19 days away from the kickoff of Auburn football we are less than three weeks out right it was three weeks from this past Saturday so lots of work to be done for this Auburn football team before uh, UMass rolls to town on September 2nd so we'll talk about the scrimmage talk about what Hugh Freeze said give you my breakdown and analysis Uh, I'd love to hear from you and what you are thinking as of right now based off of his comments some of the reports that were coming from practice Uh, how are you feeling on this Monday as we're 19 days away from the start of Auburn football. Give me a call, and you can be a part of the show and be on the line. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. As I mentioned, we're 19 days away from Auburn, but we're 12 days away from the start of college football in general. You've got some of those week zero games uh, that get going On August 26th, uh, Navy and Notre Dame, uh, UMass actually plays a game before coming to Auburn. So uh, read into that what you want to. Uh, Hawaii Vanderbilt, San Jose State USC. So there's some games in week zero that we will be watching in just 12 days. So that's something uh, to get excited about. We've got preseason NFL football on right now if you're into that sort of thing. Um, It's football. 
right? It's not the, the biggest of the big and the, the most popular guys, but it is interesting football. And again, it's football on television. So I've been watching it. Uh, if that's your thing, uh, congrats. It's been on all weekend long. And so lots of Auburn talk today, okay? Lots of Auburn football talk. Plus, the AP, the first AP poll of the year came out today, so we'll talk about that. Uh, if you were here last week, we talked a little bit about the preseason coaches poll. This is the AP poll. This is the one you're going to see on TV when a team has a number by their name. Uh, so we'll talk about that, and it'll be a similar conversation uh, in, the, in the fact that I'm going to give you the teams that I think are going to rise the most by the end of the year and the ones that are going to fall the most by the end of the year. And yes, Auburn is in that category of rising more than most and rising from where they are right now, which is on the outside looking in. So that's what's on deck today. Plus, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us at 3.30, give us his thoughts on Auburn football, Auburn athletics. Uh, we have a golf story to talk about as well, so excited to, uh, to get to that in hour number two with Jacob Hillman. But as I mentioned, until he joins us, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. Well, let's jump into this uh, a little bit, talking about uh, the first scrimmage of the fall for Auburn football, it was on Saturday. Uh, the location moved a few times. Uh, it was originally supposed to be outside Jordan-Hare. Then they moved it inside to the football facility. And then uh, last minute moved it back outside uh, to, to Jordan-Hare. And so uh, it, was, it took place on Saturday. This is the first of two scrimmages for Auburn Okay, this fall. Uh, they have had a few practices leading up. Then you had the scrimmage on Saturday. And why this first scrimmage is important, there's a couple of reasons. The first one is to really, for Hugh Freeze and this staff, just to see where we're at. See where you're at. Where is your team currently at as it is right now? Right. Which position groups are really showing promise? Which position groups are possibly ready? And why wow, that's pretty unlikely. And then which position groups, oh, we need some work before that 19-day period is up. According to today, it was 21 on Saturday. So that's the first thing. That's the first reason that this scrimmage was important. The second reason was for the players themselves. Getting into Jordan-Hare Stadium, right? Getting outside, playing somewhat normal football, Right, rather than just your orchestrated practice day in and day out, which, by the way, players have said that this fall practice has been refreshing compared to what they've gone through in the past. And some of those guys were Auburn guys that have been here two or three years. They said this year's fall practice, this year's fall camp, has been refreshing. It's been harder. It's been a lot more work, but a lot more beneficial is what it sounds like to me. So keep that in mind. But the scrimmage on Saturday was really the first opportunity for everybody who's on the team right now that is going to have some sort of impact this fall. It was the first time for them to get out and play somewhat normal football, right? You play with your offensive line. You play with your receivers. You're playing against a defense, right? That's a big one and vice versa. Defense going against the offense and, and trying to make some plays and make some stops. And so with those two things in mind, there was a lot of positivity going into this scrimmage. There was a lot of, 
uh, optimism, I think, from Auburn fans going into the scrimmage. Uh, a couple of the, a couple of the uh, position groups that were focused on going into the scrimmage, we talked about it on Friday with Uncle T-Bone, who joins us on Fridays now uh, here on ESPN 106.7. We talked about a few different position groups. The quarterbacks, obviously, and there's a whole storyline there. The receivers, which had an up-and-down day, I think. And then we specifically talked about the linebackers. And there's just so much to unravel here when it comes to what happened in this scrimmage. And so let's jump in to what happened. Let's start with the one everybody wants to know. The one everybody wants to talk about. The quarterback battle. In the press conference after the scrimmage on Saturday. After the performance, we heard some reports. We got some, some news about how each quarterback performed on Saturday. Peyton Thorne had an okay day. Nothing crazy, nothing terrible. Robbie Ashford apparently played pretty well. Apparently Robbie Ashford had a pretty darn good day. But it sounds like when it came to a performance on Saturday, he was not the top dog. Folks, Holden Gurner had a fantastic day. Had a great day on Saturday. And what if I told you on this program, I've said that that young man is the best thrower of the football in the room. He's the best thrower in the room. He's one of the best throwing quarterbacks I've seen in college football in quite some time. He can throw it just so easily and so perfect. But everybody's concerned about his youth, right? How mature is he? How well does he know the playbook, right? All of these different things that make sense for a young guy like he is. But it sounds like he had the best day. And Hugh Freeze said going into the scrimmage, his mind was all but made up. He had his starting quarterback picked, his starting quarterback ready to go. And then Saturday happened. And those performances happened that I just talked about. And now he's going back to the drawing board to try and figure out who in the world is going to be our starting quarterback. Is this a good or bad thing, you may ask? You may be sitting there wondering, well, is it a good thing that we don't have a starting quarterback named? Is it a good thing that Hugh Freeze's mind was changed on Saturday? Is it a good thing that his mind was already made up going into the practice? I think there's an argument you can make there as well. But just to get it down to the narrow, easy, simple question is Auburn's quarterback room, is this a good thing that we're 19 days away and don't have an official starting quarterback named? I think you could go either way. And if you know me, I like to play all sides. I'm going to give you my thoughts, but I want to give you perspectives from both sides. I think if you want to say, yes, it is a good thing. There's an actual quarterback battle going on. When's the last time Auburn had three guys in the quarterback room that were legitimate competitors that were legitimate options from what we've heard and seen to be a starting quarterback right now when's the last time Auburn had that and they always say competition is a good thing and it is competition's a great thing competition is what makes everybody better when somebody else is playing good if you are going to be a starting quarterback in this league or a starting any position in college football in the SEC you want competition because it's going to make you better so sure competition's great 
competition's fantastic. And it also means that for Auburn's specific running back or uh, quarterback room right now, excuse me, you have options. You have options at the quarterback position where just because quarterback A starts against UMass doesn't mean quarterback A starts against Cal. Doesn't mean he starts against Texas A&M. And as you get deeper into the season, no, you don't want to be having to switch quarterbacks and try to figure out who your starter is on the road at Texas A&M. But you have options. You have options if, God forbid, somebody gets hurt. You have options if a guy has a bad day. We saw it with Bo Nix and TJ Finley, right? When TJ Finley came in against Georgia State and won the daggum football game. So sure, it is a good thing that Auburn has a quarterback battle and you've got guys that are competing and all legitimately competing to be the starter. On the flip side, you could say that no, it's not a good thing that we don't have a starting quarterback. We're less than three weeks away from the season and we don't know who's running this offense. We don't know who we can trust to be QB1. And I think that's a fair statement too. I think it's a fair statement. And there may be a mentality from a lot of the fan base, and again, I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on this. Maybe there's a concern on, well, we were told Peyton Thorne was going to be the guy. We were told from, from this station, this show right here, that Peyton Thorne was it, and there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you're, you would be right. I did tell you that. And a lot of other people have said that too. And so maybe there's a concern for, is Peyton Thorne the guy? Is Peyton Thorne QB1? Or has Robbie Ashford gotten that much better? And is he a legitimate option to start? Or is the young guy, Holden Garner, is he ready to go? Is he ready to step in and be QB1? And I could see why that's concerning. I could see why it's concerning for you, the fan. I could see why it's very concerning for Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff and Philip Montgomery. Because they're trying to cut this quarterback race down from three to two. Because in the preseason, Hugh Freeze said he wants to do it by practice number 10. Well, folks, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. So how much is going to change between today and tomorrow versus what happened on Saturday? I don't know. But I'm interested to, to hear what the fan base has to say right now when it comes to the quarterback situation. 334-321-1390. We'll talk more about the quarterbacks plus the other positions and the notes from Saturday's fall scrimmage as we're off and running here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Again, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. The Monday edition of On the Line continues after this. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, let's talk some more Auburn football here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390, talking the uh, notes and really giving responses to uh, what happened in uh, the fall scrimmage on Saturday for, uh, for Auburn football. Been talking about the quarterbacks, and before we move on from that, here's where I stand. Okay, I think it's good 
to know that Auburn has some legitimate options at the QB spot, right? I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I know there may be some of you that listen to this show on a daily or weekly basis and may think I'm lying here, but I'm really happy that Robbie Ashford had a pretty good day. And it sounds like he had a really good day. And I'm excited for that. I am. I'm excited to know that Robbie Ashford is competing. I'm glad that he didn't fall over and just you know, give in to when Peyton Thorne stepped in the room. And I'm not saying I expected him to do that, but you just never truly know, right? We've seen it at other places. We've seen it at Auburn. It, it, you just never know when something like that happens. So I'm glad to hear that. I am. I am super glad to know that Robbie Ashford is truly competing for QB1. I'm also very excited that the young guy is right in the thick of this thing who had a great day on Saturday. And he really, really excites me. You've heard me talk about it on this show. I'm really excited about Holden. I am. And I'm glad that he is competing as well. But it does concern me. And this is where I stand. It concerns me that Hugh Freeze had his mind made up on Saturday going into the scrimmage, and now he's having to go back and reassess. Not saying it's a full-on bad thing, and I definitely wanted to make sure that he's making the right decision according to him and his coaching staff and Philip Montgomery. But it is a little concerning to me. Now, do I think we're going to be in this situation in 19 days? No, I don't. I don't think we're going to be in this situation in the next few days. But it does concern me that Peyton Thorne was more than likely the starter in Hugh Freeze's mind and didn't perform to what he wanted to see, and the other guy stepped up. So we'll see how that plays out. Because again, Hugh Freeze has talked about he wants to make this thing a two-man race any day now. In which way is it going to go? I'm not really sure, and we're going to have to wait and see. Outside of the quarterback position, the running backs had a good day. Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin had a huge day. You can already just see the potential and the, the skill, the acceleration. Auburn posted a video of his big, big run on Saturday. He's going to be a superstar. Damari Austin is a superstar right now, and he's going to be one for years to come wearing the orange and blue. Jarquez Hunter did his thing. Offensive line, from what I was told and heard and saw, offensive line did pretty good. Offensive line did their job. Running backs had holes. Quarterbacks had time. So from what I heard, offensive line pretty much did their job. Now, other position groups on the offense, the wide receivers, had an up and down day. There were some great plays. There were some big catches. But there were a couple receivers that were running with Peyton Thorne that didn't help him. Didn't help him at all. A couple dropped touchdown passes. A little miscommunication at times. And when you think about that, we talked about this last week. We talked about this last week. When it comes to the receivers, that's what I'm looking for in this first scrimmage. Are there drops? Are people running the correct routes? Are they running good routes? 
And is the communication on point? In the last statement I made, I said, are they catching the football? And we had a couple instances on Saturday where that wasn't the case. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone lines. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is Shane. Hey, Shane. What's up, man? Hey, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. What you got? Hey, when you're getting your new co-host? Uh, we're working on it. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the yeah we're in the process of uh, of trying to uh, get a full time replacement. You know, I've got uh, Uncle Tebow now on Friday afternoon, so he'll be joining me uh, from three to four. Um, and then yeah, just kind of putting in the work and and seeing seeing who's available and seeing who's interested yeah. and and dealing with a lot too. We got high school sports kicking off this week for football, so uh, yeah, a lot going on. But stay tuned. So you can kind of relate to Hugh Freeze, probably. Then, right? Yes. You, you don't want to get just the, the. You don't want to just pick one of them. You want to. You want to get the right co-host. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to just pick a random body. You want to make sure you do your due, due diligence, do your research, and pick the right one. You're absolutely right. I think, man, this is nothing. I don't. I don't see anything. I don't see anything uh, negative in in his his comments. I I feel like he thought it was going to be. I, I mean, we are all. We're probably all aware that he probably thought it was Peyton Robbie. Uh, than Garner. I mean, that, that seemed like the most logical, what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why he would say that is, is, is the fact that, well, you know, number three plays like number one, and number one plays like, like number three, it probably sounds like. Yeah. So, it, so, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't have to. I mean, just because he said 10 days, that he's, he's a coach. He can do it whenever he wants to. So I'm not really worried about anything. I, I, I really do, for the first time, in a long time, trust an Auburn coach with a quarterback. So whoever he puts out there, I think that he just don't he doesn't want to rush it. Right? Like why rush it? Yet yeah, the last two weeks were important for that one quarterback. So I, you know, I have faith that he's going to figure it out and um, make a tough decision. What it doesn't say anything to me that that there was anything wrong. It just, it just kind of tells me that that uh, that Garner, you know. Went out and bought. He 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 doesn't want to be overlooked just because everybody else has overlooked him. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has overlooked this kid, um, including myself. I, I just I was like, well, this is Parsons' guy. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get. You know, probably gonna be Thorn because he's the transfer. That's mm-hmm. why we brought him in. But wait up, maybe this this kid actually is. You know going to be going to be the starter or the backup who, who knows there's a lot for him to think about Hugh Freeze and I don't I don't envy it man right right and, and that's the biggest thing Shane is is it, it is a good thing to have a battle and, and I think a lot of Auburn yeah. fans are like you right now who trust Hugh Freeze trust Philip Montgomery trust everybody in this offensive staff to make the right decision and they're going to make it in the time that they want to make it. And look, Hugh Freeze, is do- he's been doing this for a long time. He's had some really successful right. offenses, and he's had some darn good quarterbacks. And so he knows what he's doing. And, and I think yeah. that's a really good way to put it from you is, is, look, you have faith in what he's doing and just give him time. Yeah, I, I still think it'll be, it'll be this week when he, when he cuts it to two. But – he just wanted to go through and, and see what he saw was what he saw, you know, yeah. uh, and not just name somebody for the media. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, whoever it is. Yeah, well, we uh, shall see. I think, I think while, I, while I have you, um, 
any news on well, when might be the next Auburn recruit uh, or the next person that we're targeting? Uh, I know there's a couple in August that are, are said that they might uh, announce news or or something along those lines. I'll, I'll hang up a little. Yeah, yeah, pre- yeah. Appreciate the call, Shane. Good to hear from you. As always, the music's about to uh, uh, kick me out of here. But yes, we could talk some recruiting as well. We have a commit to talk about from over the weekend, so uh, lots to talk about there uh, with with a commit from from over the weekend. So yeah, it's a great point, Shane. We'll get to that. Uh, talk about uh, who could be next when it comes to Auburn football recruiting. I got a couple guys up front that I think Auburn's going to go after. They are going after. And I think Auburn could be excited about if they do end up choosing Hugh Freeze and the Tigers. More football to talk about, plus the AP Top 25 has been released. All that coming up here on the Friday, or the Monday. Wow, it is not Friday. I wish it was. Here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Monday, not Friday. Uh, here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Talking Auburn football with the uh, the scrimmage on Saturday. Lots of notes to talk about, and we have uh, really just started to get into it. And it would love for you to be a part of the show as well today. 334-321-1390. I talked a lot about the quarterbacks. Obviously, that's what people want to hear about. Uh, I've mentioned the receivers where uh, there was some concern. There were some good spots as well, but uh, also some concern with some drops. A little miscommunication, but let me tell you this. the, The biggest concern when it comes to the receivers room is the injury bug. Okay, we've got four Auburn receivers that are that have some sort of injury going on right now. Receivers, you've got Camden Brown who's dealing with a hamstring, you have Coy Moore who's dealing with an ankle. It seems like those two are more to be concerned about than these other two with Javarius Johnson something with his mouth uh, and Malcolm Johnson Jr. with a shoulder. Well, you also have a couple of linebackers that are uh, banged up, Austin Keys and Wesley Steiner dealing with a shoulder and a hamstring, respectfully. So the receivers, you're more concerned with the injuries rather than some drop balls and miscommunication because you still have three weeks until the season and you have another scrimmage coming up this weekend in practice all week to try and figure it out. But the injuries is where, where you got some concern when it comes to Auburn football on the offensive side of things. Let's get to the phone lines once again. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Yeah, I've got a question for you. What's going to happen to the Longhorn Network when Texas joins the conference? Uh, my assumption, I haven't really heard anything uh, about that, but uh, and I appreciate the call, 334-321-1390. Um, with the Longhorn Network, I would assume it would go away. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty much going to be merged into the SEC Network. 
Um, I think they only have like one or two years left with that whole contract and the whole uh, combination of that. Um, and so when when Texas comes to the SEC, they're going to just be under the SEC network umbrella. They will no longer have the the Longhorn network as their own private TV station. So um, that that would be that's my. Um, that's just my opinion, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen. There's no way the SEC is going to allow Texas to to take viewers and and really take money from the SEC network. So it'll fold. It'll all come together, uh, and the the Longhorn Network will no longer exist, and they'll just be under the SEC network umbrella. Appreciate the call uh, asking about that. Um, when we getting back to to Auburn football. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I mentioned about the the offensive line having a pretty good day, uh, creating holes for the running backs, giving quarterbacks time. On the flip side of that, no real noteworthy plays or um, uh, I guess highlights from the defensive line. And that was a conversation that you and I had uh, last week talking about getting ready for this scrimmage was you want to see the offensive line do well, right? You want to see the offensive line hold their own, create those holes, allow the quarterbacks to do what they need to do so we could see what they looked like. And we saw great things there. But on the flip side, you it's a, it's a double-edged sword is what I called it because you want the offensive line to do well, but you want the defensive line to get to the quarterback. You want the defensive line to make some plays. And from what we were told from from Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff there wasn't a whole lot of that does that concern me no it does not it does not concern me whatsoever I've talked about at length with this defense that I am not concerned with the defensive side of the football I'm not concerned about the defensive line the linebackers the corners the safeties anybody I'm not concerned with any of them there's still some question marks with injuries, and who's going to play where. But being concerned about their performance, I'm not. And I think you'll see a major step up this coming Saturday in the second and final scrimmage for Auburn. I think think you're going to see a major change. I think you're going to see some more aggression. I think you will hear about some sacks, maybe even some turnovers, uh, which, by the way, all three quarterbacks combined for a whopping zero turnovers on Saturday. That's promising. That's very promising. And that is, a, am sure, a big reason why all three quarterbacks are still in this race. So, overall, what did we learn from Saturday? Well, I think we learned there's still, <laughs> there's still some progress to be made and there's still some work to do. But you're 19 days away. You were 21 days away when the scrimmage happened. Your team's not supposed to be ready. They're not supposed to be perfect. They're not supposed to be ready to go. I guarantee Alabama's not. And if you saw some video about their quarterbacks, you'll definitely think that. I don't think you know Georgia's not. LSU's not. Ohio State's not ready. Clemson's not ready. Nobody's ready right now. You're not supposed to be. Because the season doesn't start this week. It didn't start last week. You've got 19 days to figure it out. So what did we learn? You learned that there's still some work to do. You learned that there's some promise on this team. And as I keep telling you, there is some talent on this football team. There's some talent. 
And I think as the season goes on, and as you see this team bond together, grow together, the coaching staff grow with them, and everybody become one, you're going to see these athletes make plays, and you're going to see some excitement. But there's still some work to be done on both sides of the football at just about every position. So keep that in mind. You've got practices this week. Uh, You have uh, practices today. Uh, No media viewing window today. Uh, You've got practice tomorrow with a viewing window at, uh, believe, I believe 345 tomorrow. Uh, So I will not be able to make it over there. Uh, My assumption would be that one of Bill or Dan would be over there and then report back during their show tomorrow, and we'll talk about it the day after. No practice on Wednesday for them. First day of classes at the university. Isn't that crazy? School's back, folks. School's back in session, so summer is just gone like that. Um, So no practice Wednesday. They'll have practice on uh, Thursday and Friday before the final scrimmage on Saturday morning, where I think you're going to see some growth in this team throughout the week. I really do. And I think you see that a lot in college football. I think you see that a lot because, as I mentioned, after the first scrimmage, you know where you stand. Each player knows where they stand. Each position room knows where they stand. And Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff know where the entire team stands. And now you know what you need to work on, what you need to get better at, and what you need to focus on until this coming Saturday for scrimmage number two. Let's get to the phone lines once again. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jacob. This is Terry. Hey, Terry. How are you, man? Pretty good. Um, I'm glad that you freeze is being picky. Uh, being, uh, and I'm glad there's competition because it's something we haven't seen down here in a long time. You better believe it. Yeah, you better and, believe uh, it. It, 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 it. The only thing I know for a fact right now is that running back room can compare with anybody's. I 100% agree. I think it's one of the best in the country, Terry. I really, really do. I've been saying it for weeks. been saying it for weeks, and I truly believe it. And they just continue to prove my point every time I get a chance to see them. I feel so sorry for Tank Bigsby. Because if Tank Bigsby could have played under Hugh Freeze, he would have been a 2,000-yard rusher. Yeah, I mean, I, really I, think, yeah, I think he could have been really, really close. I think he could have been even better and even more of a dominant force than he already was. He was one of the best running backs in college football. Nobody else got to see it because he didn't get a chance to show it. Right. And he, he strictly he earned what he got, trust me. Yes. Because he played with subpar talent. That nothing against those young men and the effort they gave and the and the and the, the you know, the, the work ethic they gave all together. But but the bottom line is uh, he was he was very talented running back. It's just it's just it's just a little frustrating. But hey, I think Hugh Freeze knows. I really think the battle for his quarterback goes might be for the number two slot, not the number one. Well, I mean, Terry, that's what I thought until Saturday when you had the two and three play better than the the what we assume is the starter that Hugh Freeze had in his mind and Peyton Thorne, but yet quarterback two and three played better than he did. But we, do we know if two and three went up the ones on defense went against them or not? Uh, that I don't fully know, I, and I don't think I don't think most of that information was was released. But uh, I mean, I guarantee you that it all got mixed up, and I'm sure they got some reps against the ones. There's no doubt. Well, I just don't think Peyton Thorne transferred out of Michigan State to Auburn to sit on the bench. I really don't. And, no, but we said, unfortunately, Terry, I said the same thing about Zach Calzada, and look how that turned out. Well, yeah, and he went out and recruited TJ Finney. What in the world was Brian Harson thinking? I'm telling uh, you. Well, he wasn't. He didn't care. But anyway, that's the subject for another day. But. 
you know, I just, I just believe the, 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 the battle is for number two. I believe Peyton, he knows Peyton. Hugh Freeze is not telling us all that he knows, and I like it. Yeah, and you've you've mentioned that before. How he is kind of, and I've talked about it. How he's kind of keeping this closer to the chest. This staff and the organization has kept it closer to the chest than most. And I think if it works out, Auburn fans and even Auburn media, I think they're going to be okay with it. Well, I saw the AP poll coming. They ranked what thirty seventh, I think. Yeah, something like that. You you have a hard time convincing me. There's thirty teams better than Auburn. I'm not going to put up there with Auburn with you know Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Georgia, no way. But uh, they, they, they—he's done what's necessary. He's got the offensive line better. The defense is supposedly dominant. The running back room can compare with anybody's, and the quarterback thing will work itself out. Yeah, and you know it's it's hard for people outside of of right. what we're seeing and what we're hearing and what we're talking about on a daily basis for them to understand. You know what they have in their minds, Terry? Five and seven, Brian Harson. That's what they yeah, have in their yeah, minds about Auburn right now. Yeah, that's what a person in. in uh, you know, California or Arizona thinks they, yeah. they they see that. That's all they see was five and seven and Brian Harson. They don't see the things that you and I have witnessed um, that that's been positively that's been done. So, uh, it's, it, you know, I've been down here that long only since August of last year, so about a year now. Mm-hmm. I, I I dare to say I've not heard much excitement and vibe around Auburn football like this in a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time, and and I don't think you're alone in that, Terry. Take care, Jake. Yeah, appreciate day. it, Terry. Good to hear from you. Uh, good to uh, to talk to you as well. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, Terry, just to uh, – you, you obviously know what I'm talking about, so I'm looking forward to that uh, tomorrow afternoon. But uh, when it comes to – yeah, when it comes to this whole situation, it seems like – look, I've had some great calls already today, and and everybody's sort of been on the, on the same playing field, on the same level of, yes, there's a battle, but I'm not concerned. And if you are concerned, I'd love to hear from you because I think it would be totally fair to be concerned. We're less than three weeks away, and we bring in a transfer quarterback who's supposed to be this big bad dude who's going to come in and take the starting job. He had a great year at Michigan State in 2021. Everybody was excited about him, and seems like Auburn got one of the best transfer quarter transfer portal quarterbacks Excuse me, in the, in the portal window. Just look at what's going on in Alabama right now. But I think it's okay to be concerned if you're an Auburn fan to say we went and got this guy who everybody deemed the starter since the day he walked on campus and it seems like Hugh Freeze had him as the starter going into Saturday and now we're having to start from day one and start from square one. I think it's okay to be concerned. I don't think you should be, but I, th- I totally understand where you're coming from because like I just told Terry, this time last year, well I guess a little bit before this time last year, but when Zach Calzada transferred from texas a&m i said the same thing i'm saying about peyton thorne right now and what i've been saying about peyton thorne he is your starter he's going to be the starter yada 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 and we saw how that turned out with zach calzada now the main difference before people start yelling at me the main difference is zach calzada was dealing with some injury stuff and some major injury things that prohibited him and limited him from truly competing for the starting job. There is nothing going on with Peyton Thorne injury-wise. And I'm not saying he's not going to be the starter. But we've been burned once before. And the fact that any day now, Hugh Freeze and this staff are wanting to trim it down from three quarterbacks to two, and after Saturday, they could possibly all be playing on, a, uh, on the same level? 
I think it's okay to be concerned if you're an Auburn fan. But what I will tell you is trust in Hugh Freeze. He's done this before. He's been here before. And as I've said, he's had some pretty good offenses. And he's had some pretty good quarterbacks come through his system. He's made some not-so-great quarterbacks look really, really good. Look at his time at Ole Miss, and look what he did with Malik Willis. And that is no shade against Malik Willis whatsoever. But we know what he was when he left here, and we know what he was when he got to Liberty. And then we know what he was when he left Liberty, and he got drafted to the National Football League. So all of that to say... It's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. And did the scrimmage go as good as Hugh Freeze and this Auburn fan base wanted it to? Probably not. But it's the first fall scrimmage. Your expectations can't be that high. They can't be that high. Now, before we get to break, I will say this. If you have another subpar scrimmage again this coming Saturday then you've got room to be really concerned. Because then you're two weeks out. And fall practice will be over. Fall practice technically ends this week. And then you're just into regular football season practice. And after this Saturday, you have two weeks. And sure, it's only UMass, who is statistically one of the worst teams in college football. But it doesn't matter. You've got to get ready because then you have to take a road trip to Cal and two weeks later to AM. I'm not concerned yet, but there's a lot of work to do for Auburn in the next 19 days. 334-321-1390. I'm going to talk just a little bit of baseball when we come back. Look at MLB and what the Braves did this weekend as they defeated one New York team and get ready to take on another. We'll wrap up the Monday edition, hour number one, when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's talk a little baseball as we wrap up our number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goetz with you on ESPN 106.7. Well, what's been an up and down uh, month and a half, you could say, I guess, for uh, for the Atlanta Braves. And you could really just say the past month from the middle of July to what is now the middle of August, which isn't that crazy to think about that we're already at August 14th. Um, but you look at the last month for the Atlanta Braves, look all the way back to that Chicago White Sox series uh, in the weekend of Friday, July 14th, 15th, and 16th, all the way through what just happened this past weekend. It's been an up and down stretch for the Braves. And that's okay because you look at what they're doing and you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know that it's been an up and down stretch for the Atlanta Braves because their lead grew exponentially this weekend as you split with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Wasn't a great series. You lost a couple of games you shouldn't have. You even won a game you really shouldn't have. And then you go on the road. You continue what's been a long road stretch at Chicago, at Pittsburgh for a four-game stretch, and then you go to City Field to take on the rival New York Mets who were 10 games below 500. And you 
absolutely destroy them. I mean, make them look silly in a four-game series. Had an opportunity to sweep the dang thing if you didn't have a terrible one inning in last night's Sunday night baseball matchup. The Braves in a four-game set against the New York Mets, and we all know what laughingstock they are right now, spending the most money in baseball and having a terrible record. You beat them on Friday 7 to nothing. Saturday, and yes, this is correct, 21 to 3. Saturday night in the back half of the doubleheader 6 nothing, and then yesterday or last night I should say, you lose 7 to 6 where you gave up 6 of those runs in one inning because of the bullpen. The Braves are rolling, folks. They've got to get their starting pitching figured out. Bullpen wasn't great. Didn't have to be. The bats are still there. Little injury problems for the Braves. But if they get that right, man, this team is good. And the New York Mets, I don't know what's going on. I've never seen anything like it when it comes to the New York Mets. Braves looking good, 75-42 and atop of Major League Baseball. That's going to do it, though, for hour number one. Come back in hour number two. We'll talk more Auburn football, plus Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join me, and we'll talk about football, we'll talk basketball, baseball, and even Auburn women's golf. Lots to talk about. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well out there here in the Auburn Opelika area. Turn on that air conditioner and don't look at the power bill at the end of the month. It is hot as can be outside right now. Uh, I say it all the time. I'm so thankful to work inside. I really am. (laughs) I'm so thankful to be able to work uh, in an office, at a studio. Uh, Believe me, I have done my fair share of working outside all of my years, uh, working uh, at home and working jobs outside. Believe me, I have been out in there. And and if you are, uh, bless you. If you are outside working in this right now, drink some water, Gatorade, take some shade, take breaks, whatever you got to do. It is too hot to be out there right now but hope you're all doing well on this monday afternoon uh, monday august 14th 2023 hour number one is in the books if you missed any of it you can uh, catch up with the podcast espnau.com or just find you can find it wherever you get your podcast and just search on the line after the show today it'll be uploaded commercial free uh those two locations so uh lots of breaking down of auburn scrimmage on saturday we talked a lot about that in the first half a lot of different position groups storylines i had some good phone calls in that first hour talking about it uh so if you missed that talked a little atlanta braves as well uh, after they 
they had a very uh, successful weekend up in New York. Uh, they are back to take on the Yankees uh, starting tonight uh, for for the Atlanta Braves as they come home for a big stretch against the Yankees, Giants, and the Mets. So uh, a tough stretch coming up, and then the Giants again after that. So a tough stretch for the Braves, and we talked a little bit about that as we ended our number one. So again, go check out the podcast if you missed any of that. Here's what's coming up in hour number two. We'll talk some more about the scrimmage. I want to get into a couple different storylines as well. I had a question about recruiting because there is a recruit we need to discuss from over the weekend uh, for Auburn football. So we will talk about that. And then the question uh, was, who's next, right? Who's next for Auburn football? Who could be next in recruiting? So we're going to talk about all of those things. We have a little basketball news to talk about as well before we welcome Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who will join us coming up at 3.30 to talk about all of that, get his insights and thoughts as well. But until that point, phone lines are open. Give me a call. It's been a busy show, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. 334-321-1390. And uh, before we get to uh, the commitment news, before we get to the basketball news and other stuff going on, I want to give you my my quick breakdown once again of, of fall practice. And again, if you missed my full, I talked about it for like 45 minutes in the first hour. All right. If you missed that, you can go after the show today and find that at ESPNAU.com. But biggest storylines from Saturday, uh, I mentioned that this is the first scrimmage of the fall. Right, So lots of things going on. This is really the first time that everybody on this team has gotten a chance in this season to play halfway normal football, somewhat meaningful football, right? This isn't practice outside uh, at the football facility. This isn't throwing around drills inside at the performance center. This is in Jordan-Hare, offense versus defense, coaches on the field, and expectations to be set and so overall um if I had to give it a personal grade for what the scrimmage was and the results on Saturday based off the reports we got the notes we got and the comments from head coach Hugh Freeze I'd give it a B minus maybe a B maybe um yeah you know what we'll say a B we'll say a B to a B minus whichever way you want to go. Um, And the reason for that, there was some good and there was some bad. There was some okay and a little in between. The quarterbacks, the one that everybody wants to talk about, the quarterbacks, two of them played really, really well. Two of them had a great day, probably their best day of any sort of practice since they've been at Auburn. But it wasn't the guy everybody thought it would be. And it wasn't the guy that we assume was Hugh Freeze's named starter in his head going into the the scrimmage on Saturday because he told us that he had a starter picked in his brain before that scrimmage on Saturday, and now he's having to go back to the drawing board and reassess. Because we can assume safely that Peyton Thorne was the number one guy for Hugh Freeze. You go out and get a transfer quarterback from Michigan State – who just absolutely lit it up and had some unbelievable numbers and had offers from tons of schools across the country. You go out and get a guy like that, well, you don't do that if you're not going to start him, right? But then Saturday happened, 
where Robbie Ashford and Holden Garner had fantastic days. Fantastic days. And it sounds like Holden had the best one. And that's not surprising to me. Might be to you, but it's not to me. Because I've talked about Holden Garner. I've talked about how skilled he is and the potential he has and how he can throw it better than anybody in the building. And so, doesn't surprise me at all. What does surprise me, though, is Peyton Thorne having an okay day. Didn't say he had a bad day. Nobody said he had a bad day. Just don't think he had a great day. And the other two played better. Had a couple touchdown passes dropped, did Peyton Thorne, so that didn't help. Had a couple touchdown passes thrown by the other guys. Running backs had a good day. Damari Austin had a huge run for a touchdown. Tackling on the defense was a concern for Hugh Freeze. He mentioned that. Uh, the Especially the guys in the secondary, unable to tackle like he wanted them to in open space. And what's been one thing that Auburn's been really good at over the years? Open field tackling. So I hope that gets fixed. Receivers, I mentioned some drops. Uh, there was some miscommunication issues. The biggest thing that with the receivers right now is they're injured. You got four of them that are banged up. Two of them with a, a hamstring and an ankle. So that's not <laughs> that's not good. Um, that's the biggest concern for me. You got Camden Brown is dealing with a hamstring. Coy Moore is dealing with an ankle. Malcolm Johnson Jr. who's got a shoulder issue and Javarius Johnson has something going on with his mouth. A couple linebackers banged up as well. So that's the biggest thing for me in the receiver room is we've talked all offseason long. And as Hugh Freeze has kept adding guys, there's some depth there, but you got to get healthy. And hopefully they can use this week before the scrimmage comes up again on Saturday to do that. Defensively, uh, quickly before we move on, defensively, um, heard some good things from the secondary besides the tackling. Um, linebackers, I, I heard good things. It sounds like they're aggressive. Sounds like they have leadership there. Um, consistency seems to be an issue. Defensive line unable to get really pressure at all. Offensive line did a good job. Quarterbacks had time, uh, had some big plays. Running backs did a fantastic job, had holes. They impressed. So good notes on the offensive line. Not so great notes on the defensive line. But I mentioned this in the first hour. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all about the defense. I've said that. I'll continue to say that. And my statement still stands at the end of this season, no matter what Auburn's record is, 5-7, and 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and 8-4, and four, whatever it may be, I have a really good feeling that we will not be sitting here in this studio having this conversation. I will not be talking to you right now at the end of the year and say, well, we could have won X amount of games more if the defense didn't let us down. I'm not worried about that, and I don't think that's going to be a concern. So, coming out of the scrimmage, could it have gone better? Absolutely. But it's the first fall scrimmage. Let's not get overly stressed let's not get overly worried just yet now if this happens again this coming saturday that's a different story all right that's a different story we're 19 days away okay 19 days from the start of auburn football you've got a little bit of time and you're not supposed to be ready you're not supposed to be game ready right now but this is a really important week in my opinion this is a really really important week for auburn football to get better, get much better this week 
Because when you have that second scrimmage this coming Saturday, you're going to be two weeks from game day. Two weeks from game day inside Jordan-Hare Stadium when UMass comes to town. By that point, you've got to have some things figured out. You better have this quarterback race narrowed down to two. You better have some more consistency on the defensive side of the ball. And you better get some guys healthy. I know that's not fully in the coaching staff's hands or even the players' hands at times, but got to find a way to get healthy and avoid more injuries. Avoid that. If you can do those things, I think Auburn is going to be just fine. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, Again, I had a full breakdown of the scrimmage back in the first hour. So if you want to go and catch up on that and what I had to say, as soon as the show's over today at 4 o'clock, go and find the podcast. I go and upload it immediately commercial-free. So be sure uh, that you go and check that out. When talking recruiting a little bit, haven't had a chance to do this, TJ Lindsay committed to Auburn over the weekend. He is from IMG Academy, the big defensive line. He uh, defensive lineman. He committed to Auburn on Saturday, choosing them over Alabama, Texas, and Texas A&M. How about that? How about that list of schools that Auburn once again beat out for a big time player who's six foot three, two hundred and sixty five pounds. He's number sixteen for Auburn the commitment list he is one of 14 of those guys to be four and five stars let me say that again of the 16 commits now in 2024 for Hugh Freeze and Auburn out of the 16 14 of them so all but two are four and five star recruits those are blue chip ratio players those are guys that make a difference on a football team When Carter was here, you heard him talk about all the stats. And Jack talks about it when he comes in as well. About the teams that win national championships in the blue chip ratio. you got to have them. You have to have four and five star players on your team, on your roster, on your commit list. You have to have them. And TJ Lindsay is one of those guys. He said, quote, they provided me with the opportunity in everything. On the field and off the field, life, connections, just everything, said TJ Lindsay. Another quote, he says, Auburn used to be a real powerhouse and that went away. He's completely changed the team, talking about Hugh Freeze. Brought the right people in, the right coaches in. We have an amazing coaching staff. We have the potential to be the best of the best. How about that quote? How about that quote? From a four-star defensive lineman from IMG Academy, we know the history of that place. We know the talent that gets pumped out of there. That's a great quote. And you know what? It seems to be, to, to me, it seems to be in line with what a lot of these other guys are saying when they're committing to Auburn. They're ready to turn it around. They're ready to be a part of something Really, really special. They're ready to be a part of a rebuild. And folks, let me, let me just lay this out for you. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of head coach Hugh Freeze. When he stepped in the door, think about how down and out 
this program was. Think about how dark it was around this place. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Probably the lowest point it's ever been. Commits didn't come here. Recruits didn't come here. They couldn't even get a visit here. Didn't want to visit here. Didn't care. Half the recruits didn't even know who Auburn was. And your biggest rivals had taken full advantage of that. And now they're winning off winning national championships. So put yourself in the shoes of Hugh Freeze for a second. You step into a new job. The program's at the lowest it's ever been. After being a consistent top 20, I think it's a safe, say, a safe way to put it, a consistent top 20 college football program of all time. You can make the argument for top 15, but just to play it safe, we'll say top 20. A place in Auburn that has been a top 20 college football program in the history of the game was at its lowest point ever. There was no momentum, no positivity, tons of negativity within the program, within the school, within the fan base, within the media, everything. The perception on Auburn was horrible. And Hugh Freeze stepped in, and not only has he worked hard, and not only has he done it the right way, he's turned it around. He is convincing players, and I'm not saying this in a bad way by any means, he is convincing players to believe in him and believe in his rebuild and believe that they can be part of a true turning around of a program. He is having them believe And I'm not saying he's wrong. I think he can do it. He is convincing a guy like TJ Lindsay, a guy like Demarcus Riddick, to come to Auburn and help be a part of the changing of the guard. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how tough that is? To have offers from the big bad ships that are floating through the water Cruise ships that have slip and slides and water slides and basketball courts and all-you-can-eat buffets, the nicest restaurants, the nicest views, the nicest rooms. You have big cruise ships floating through the water saying, hey, come be a part of what we've got as they wear their rings as they go by. And you're convincing this kid to say, no, I'm going to jump on this ship over here that's just now poking its nose out of the water because it, it, it dang near sunk. All right? The ship just about went under with Auburn. And yet Hugh Freeze has convinced these kids, hey, jump on my ship. Let's bring this thing back up and let's begin to take those other ones down. That's what he's doing. And it's working. It's working. And I think he means it. And I think he can do it. And that's what's so special. That's what is so special about what he's doing right now. And, D- and defensive lineman TJ Lindsay is a big part of that. He's the 16th commit in 2024. I mentioned he is one of 14 of those to be a four and five star player. This number, Auburn up to number 14 in the composite rankings now, according to 247. Slowly but surely. They're climbing, they're climbing the rankings, and they're not done yet. 
We'll talk about who Auburn could get coming up after the break. Plus, we're going to get to the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back to the phone lines we go, 334-321-1390. And Greg has been holding on through the break, man. What's up? Hey, much, brother. Iron is heat. That's right, man. Hey, find some shade somewhere, man. It's too hot. There ain't much shade to be had. It don't matter you sweat in the shade whether you like it or not. But, uh, no, nah, I'm just going to call in. Uh, I know we're talking about recruiting and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I hate we couldn't get on uh, Florida the other day for basketball. That's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, uh, I hadn't had had a chance to get to that one yet, but that one uh, that one did hurt. And you know, I had I had been hearing on the back end that that Kansas was was where he was going to go, and then all of a sudden, what twelve hours before the, the night before, really, all the crystal balls flipped to Auburn, and I was really really confused. I was hopeful but confused, and then he ultimately went to Kansas. Yeah, I, I didn't really think we had a – man, I know we was in a silent group, but I didn't think we really had a shot. I think everybody thought Duke was uh, going to get him, and I think there's some issues popped up there. But, you know, it, it all goes down to this right here. Man, the way he's freezing he's in recruiting, if there's a guy in Auburn is, is even in the mix, you got to like your chances. I mean, it's, they get pumped up for basketball just like they are football. Yeah. I, I hope they can uh, give, give the same amount of love to Auburn basketball as they can to football because Bruce Pearl, you're talking about picking somebody up off the mat. He took a he took a program that was in a in a pretty rough spot and, and made them contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very very similar, Greg. There's no doubt. It's a very very similar comparison, uh, and, and we've talked about that before about how what Bruce Pearl did with Auburn basketball. I think it's taken a little bit longer than what we thought, but I think he's there now. Uh, it's a very similar situation to what is happening early on with Hugh Freeze and Auburn football. And, Greg, you're exactly right. If Auburn football and Auburn basketball are in on a kid in the final four or five, yeah, you better feel good about your chances because Hugh Freeze and Bruce Pearl are some of the best closers in the game. There ain't no doubt about that. Uh, I'm going to say. They, I, I get on Twitter or whatever they want to call it nowadays. Uh, keep up with a lot, but I don't. You know, it, it seems like you know, they keep uh, projecting us. I keep seeing projections on there, five and seven. Yep. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna be just be honest right here. You know, some of these guys, I just don't think ain't no football. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm not gonna sit there and talk to you through orange and blue glasses. I'm gonna be a realistic fan about it. Uh, I don't think the team we had last year was near as bad as what they was. I, I think they had a bad deck of cards. They had a bad hand. They made the best of what they had. And they, Mr. Potato come around. He talked a good game. He, he, he can talk about it, but he ain't about it. And he showed that he wasn't ready for it. Right. And uh, I hate, you know, I hate the way that the program got. Uh, and I didn't, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't think anybody's seen as quick as it is, I know NIL and transfer portal and all that has made it possible. But guys, y'all, these folks that keep projecting it, 
five and seven and all this, I don't think they realize he free flipped the dagger roster. Mm-hmm. I don't think we know national championship contender by any means. Right. It, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I've seen those predictions, and, and I just find it really hard for Auburn to go 5-7 and seven this year. I think the schedule alone allows Auburn at minimum 6-6. Six and six. Well, that, I, I'm, I'm around a 7-5, and five, and, you know, eight wins with a bowl game. But it's the thing that I, that I haven't seen in a long time, and, and I want to kind of speak to this and, and see what you think. When's the last time that we had – Actual competition, guys not winning a position by default. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a while, and you got a quarterback battle. And I'm gonna tell you, like Freeze and I believe too. I believe Auburn can win, no doubt, six games with any one of them guys. Now, might be harder with others. I, I think Holden uh, can be a pretty good, pretty good ball player for us if he sticks around. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he will, but I know uh, if Ashley can just do the basic things and take down, not force it. Sometimes you take what they give you and live for the next play. I'm telling you, it can be dangerous. I just like the way the competition is. You see, he's elevated the room, the running back room, the receiver room, the linebacker room, defense line, all that, and the quarterback room. you got competition in there, and these guys are flat out getting at it. I'm telling you. Breeze might have brought this guy in. Everybody wants to think, just like, you know, when Malzahn was around. Oh, he's going to win it by default. No. You're going to earn it with Freeze. And, and, and people are paying attention to his uh, players and he's coaching for. He's hard on the quarterback. He might have brought you in to play, but you got to win the job. You he, better he believe it. You in, he brought you in to elevate the room, you know, to raise the flow on the room. And push Robbie Ashford, and Robbie's pushing him. So it's holding. I don't care which one of them guys start. I really believe that they're all pushing each other for the better, and that's what we've been needing. The best players gonna play. It ain't gonna be no default no more. You better so, uh, believe it. Like it. Hey, Greg. I'm gonna get off and listen to you, but appreciate, yeah, appreciate the call. I couldn't have said it any better. I couldn't have said it any better than that. I think Greg made a ton of good points. Ton of good points about the quarterbacks about basketball as well. We'll talk some more about that coming up with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. But, yeah, (laughs) guys are earning their job now. They're earning it. And it has been a long time since Auburn's had some competition in these rooms and not winning the job by default. Greg, I really enjoyed that, man. Give me a call back sometime. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll talk football, basketball, baseball, in women's golf with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. When we come back, don't go anywhere. You are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. And joining us on the phone lines, as he does every single Monday, it's Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network, our uh, our new partners across town of the Auburn Sports Network. Man, it's good to hear from you. I, uh, I know I took off last Monday, so it's been a few weeks since I've had a chance to talk to you, man. Yeah, I know. You left me hanging last weekend. <laughs> it's been a fun time. Over these last couple of weeks here in Auburn, so uh, glad to be back on with you, Jacob, and talking some ball. 
Well, we've got a lot to discuss, and before we get to football, there's been a lot of conversation about that on the show today for for obvious reasons, and I do want to get your thoughts on that uh, coming up in just a few minutes, but want to start with with basketball because that's the thing I haven't had a chance to talk a ton about today, and I want our listeners to get uh, a good breakdown and thoughts from you uh, with when it comes to Auburn basketball. Had a huge uh, commitment opportunity over the weekend uh, with Flory Badunga, who had Auburn, Kansas, Duke, and Michigan uh, in his top four. He committed on Saturday, uh, Saturday night at halftime of the Under Armour Up Next game or or whatever they're calling it nowadays. But uh, it seemed like Auburn was there, but maybe not in the front running. All of a sudden, the night before, a bunch of crystal balls flipped to Auburn, and then he ends up picking Bill Self in the Kansas Jayhawks. Just your your breakdown of what happened there. Yeah, you know, it was something that really – I guess you're right. It it really started to heat up late in in the recruitment and – Really, that day before, I would say maybe a week before, I think that, that Monday, Tuesday, you started to see some smoke about it. But then Friday, really, you saw uh, uh, the fire to it. And uh, obviously, it didn't pan out the way Auburn wanted it to, but uh, that's how recruiting goes, especially nowadays. Things can change uh, in just hours, with, in minutes, it feels like. So uh, it's one of those things you got to move on from. Obviously, it's someone that uh, this coaching staff was. Uh, really locked in on and, and won it really badly. But, uh, again, it, it's something that uh, that, that Auburn's just going to have to move on from and, and try uh, to make up for. Obviously, we saw in that game to Hot Pettiford how explosive he can be. So it, it, you have a good basis for that 2024 class, and it's not over. It, it, this is not the end of the line, and it's not like this – it's not like Saturday was signing day for that 2024 class. There's still plenty of time. Uh, to work on guys, and, and you see the, the reports of five stars and other four stars that are coming to visit uh, during football season uh, in the coming months. So there's still a lot of work to be done on that front, and uh, obviously you didn't get the, get the number one guy, but uh, you, you have to find a plan B and, and make sure that, that, uh, that you follow through with that one. And, and that's something that Coach Pearl and uh, that whole coaching staff has, has always done really well is make sure that, the class is is not maybe even if it's not exactly what they want, they find ways uh, to make it work and, and look really really impressive. Well, Hillman, I know that we are 19 days away from the start of Auburn football, and I know that's where all the excitement is. But when you look at this Auburn basketball team and this schedule, we're only 85 days away from the start of Auburn basketball, which is unbelievable. And it starts off with that tough game against Baylor out in South Dakota, uh, a very tough non-conference schedule. I think a really good non-conference schedule for Auburn basketball that includes Baylor, Notre Dame, uh, Oklahoma State, or St. Bonaventure. You're playing Virginia Tech in the SCC ACC Challenge, Indiana over in Atlanta. You play USC inside of Neville Arena and even Penn that's coming to visit Auburn as well. How important is it for this Auburn team and how much stress has Bruce put on this to have a good non-conference schedule uh, coming up in 2023? Yeah, it's interesting because I I feel like Auburn generally has had a tough non-conference schedule, give or take a year or two. But this one is it is definitely a little bit different than what we've seen, where you have an opponent from every single major conference, other than the Big East, if you if you if you do count that as a major conference, and I do. But, oh, we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we I do. Think that's very valid. 
Big East is very much a major conference. But uh, there's also impressive games like the Rocket City Classic up in Huntsville against UNC Asheville. Uh, they won their conference last year, so they were in the tournament. And I think that's what you're kind of looking at. You're looking at several big-name schools as well as uh, these teams that were in the tournament last year that had impressive resumes like Indiana, like uh, Baylor, who, who has really just become a powerhouse over the last few years. Virginia Tech and, and, uh, and, and USC have been good, and obviously USC is being hyped up as one of the favorites in the Pac-12 this year, and we saw how they played last year when Auburn went out west. So, yeah, this, this, this non-conference schedule is quite impressive, and, and it's interesting also to see it go into January because of the SEC Big 12 Challenge uh, not existing anymore, moving to the SEC-ACC Challenge. So conference play is going to start a little bit later than usual, which I think can be a positive thing because the one thing that was always interesting about those first uh, one or two conference games was that the students weren't back in, in class yet. But now uh, that, that everyone will be moving back into their dorms or, or back to their apartments from Christmas break, and I think that's going to bring a lot more energy to those early non or those early conference games. And uh, and I think that's a positive. So yeah, the non conference schedule it, it is strong. And you know, going to App State, going to Huntsville to play UNC Asheville. I think those are kind of the games. We, you, obviously, the Indiana's, the USC's, the Baylor's. That's easy to look at and get excited about. But I think those Appalachian State games, the UNC Asheville game, those are ones that are going to tell us a lot about this team. Speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who joins us on the phone lines every Monday at 3.30 here on On the Line. Let's talk a little football because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Auburn football. I mentioned we are uh, 19 days away from the kickoff of Auburn football versus UMass, which if you're in the Auburn Opelika area, you can find on Wings 94.3 as we are now the local flagship stations of the Auburn Sports Network. That will start with Tiger Talk Hillman. Next Thursday, it's right around the corner, brother. Man, that's right. We'll have Coach Hugh Freeze. We'll have uh, Athletic Director John Cohen and, and maybe a few players as well. I think team captains are the target, so we'll see. It'll be, it'll be an exciting time uh, getting to speak with those guys and preview the season and, and the athletic season as we get underway. And so with that, the scrimmage on Saturday, the first fall scrimmage uh, of this fall camp period. They have another one, the final one, coming up this Saturday, but – uh, from what you saw and what you heard and what you heard Hugh Freeze talk about, your takeaways from the first scrimmage of the fall for Auburn football. Yeah, it's really interesting because obviously what we heard from Coach Freeze kind of is recap. You know, it's interesting to hear about the quarterbacks and, and, and the running game and, and sort of how they, how they dialed in things for that first scrimmage because I don't think the whole playbook was necessarily opened up. They wanted to really get guys just into that game situation and, and, and let them work because uh, a whole new offensive line, a whole new defensive line almost, and, and really the only returning group you have is that defensive backs group. And that is really the only uh, spot where you're going to see uh, continuity from last year. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that develops as we get into the season because I, I don't think we're, what we see in game one, I think it's going to be different once we get to that game four against Texas A&M to open conference play. And I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing with the way the schedule sets up. You, you, you get UMass, you get Stanford uh, as your first two home games, and right in the middle of it uh, is, is a long road trip to Cal. It gives that team a chance to bond and, and whatnot. So right now in fall camp, it's all about uh, just seeing these guys in action. It doesn't really matter uh, necessarily the, 
Coach Freeze mentioned after that after that scrimmage, you know, about the guard position. He doesn't really care who's the, who's first team, second team, and and I think that's kind of the mindset. Maybe not in every position, but in several positions, because you you might not have that nailed down uh, by September second against UMass. You, you might have a few games where you're figuring things out, uh, whether it's a combination on the offensive line, whether it's this package that doesn't work, whatever it is. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how things shape out throughout the season and even as we go through fall camp because you're going to hear different things uh, from these scrimmages and practices that might change the very next week. What we heard this past Saturday might be completely different this upcoming Saturday. Is there any concern in the mind of Jacob Hillman about the quarterback situation? We we heard Hugh Freeze talk about how uh, he pretty much had his starter in mind going into Saturday, and what from what we can assume that would be Peyton Thorne. But yet the other two guys, Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner, really had good days. Uh, the young man, especially uh, the young kid, um, really having a great day, and so. Any concern in your mind, Hillman, about where we stand right now with the lack of, of starter at quarterback as we're 19 days away? No, not yet. I don't think concern is, has, has crept in my mind yet. I think it's more – it's just still a question mark. It's still a big question mark. We don't know who will be the starter. Uh, obviously, we've seen what Robbie Ashford can do uh, back there. We've seen barely any of what Holden Gurner can do. Uh, and Peyton Thorne, we've seen what he can do at Michigan State. Obviously, this past week was Peyton Thorne's first week of practice. He, he wasn't here in the spring. And, uh, and yeah, I don't think that he was necessarily the most impressive guy out there on Saturday, but that happens when it's your first scrimmage out there, first time in Jordan-Hare Stadium with a new team, so on, so on. Uh, I, I think it's going to take some time for him to get comfortable. And, and when that happens, who knows what, what, what that room will look like. And we might find out this upcoming Saturday that it was just a little bit of first game jitters or, or whatnot, or first time, uh, uh, first scrimmage jitters. And I, I think that when we when we get down to it again, it, it's going to take a few games, maybe to figure out. And that's something Coach Freeze mentioned in, in his first practice press conference of, of of the fall camp was, "Hey, who knows? We we might not. We're going to have a starter game one, but we don't know if that's going to be the starter for game four." And and that's something that I think Auburn fans need to keep in mind is just how much can change uh, between game one and game four. Because I, I think those first three games are the most, maybe not the most critical this season, but they are the most critical for this team's growth. Uh, after that Cal game, it's going to be all about correcting mistakes. And then it's the real deal. SEC football, Texas A&M, September 23rd. Uh, I, I, I do think that, uh, I, I don't know, if, see, and that's the thing. I don't know if Coach Freeze necessarily wanted to, to name his starter this soon, but I think he definitely still wants to cut it down to two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to do that by Saturday, and, and he's not able to do that. So uh, he's having to extend that a little bit. And I, I think we'll know uh, it's between two guys by the end of this week. Yeah, and that's been the big thing is he, Hugh Freeze has talked about, you know, by practice 10 or number 10, that's when he wanted to cut it down from three quarterbacks to two. And that's understandable, right? You, you want to slim it down and you want to really narrow in and figure out, okay, out of these two guys, who is my starter? And that way you know those two guys know as well, okay, it's me and him, got to take that next step and take the job. But after Saturday, yeah, it just seems like it's kind of wide open. And and look, we've talked about on the show today how 
quarterback competition, it's a good thing, right? It pushes the other guys in the room to be better. And then ultimately what the hope is, is that whoever does win out the starting job, whether it's game one against UMass or it's game four against Texas A&M, you're going to get the best version of that guy, no matter who it is. Yeah. And I, and I think that all three of these guys that are in the competition are capable. It's very much so. We, we saw what Robbie Ashford can do. He, he is an explosive athlete. And he obviously just uh, has some work to do throwing the football, and, and he has worked on that in the off season. And it's hard to tell how far along he is yet until we get into game action. But uh, we'll find that out. Holden Garner, obviously, uh, we've heard so many great things about his ability to throw the football. So it's a matter of him getting out there and getting live reps. And then Peyton Thorne, as I said, we we've seen what he can do at Michigan State. So. Uh, getting him down here and comfortable in this offense and the SEC, that's what's most important right now. Speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, our weekly guest on the Monday edition of On the Line, outside of football and basketball, some exciting Auburn athletics news because yesterday uh, Auburn's Megan Schofield, when uh, she went out and won the 123rd U.S. Women's Amateur. And if you're a golf fan, you know exactly what that is. Uh, if you're not a big golf person, basically, uh, out of all the young female golfers in the country, she went out and represented the Orange and Blue and beat everybody and looked really, really good doing it, Hillman. Uh, she is uh, the first Auburn player to ever win the event, and she is the 123rd U.S. Women's Amateur. Yeah, you know, I saw someone, I think, compare, the, compare it on Twitter to – it's similar to Suni Lee winning the all-around back in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. I mean, that, that, that's similar to what it is. She didn't have – it wasn't necessarily on that stage, but that's, that, 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 was the, that was golf stage of that. And, uh, yeah, man, Megan, she is a really, really solid golfer. She's coming back for her COVID year this uh, upcoming season. And uh, actually in the uh, – I think it was the quarterfinal, she defeated Anna Davis, who won the – Augusta National Women's Amateur uh, in 2022. She will be on campus and playing for Auburn this upcoming year. And Auburn had a couple of golfers uh, also make it through the first round, but then fell in the round of 32. So uh, this Auburn women's golf team this upcoming year it has a great chance to be uh, to be great. And and uh, last year fell a little bit short of expectations, but uh, I think they're all coming back with a little bit of fire in their eyes. Uh, they are ready to get it going. But, yeah, again, that, Megan really had a stellar week, and, and, and just <laughs> she never wavered. It, it was an incredible week because uh, she had to go to extra holes in two of her matches, but then she was dominant in that final match and uh, was able just to take that one before it even got to the final hole, the 36th hole. So uh, excited to see what Auburn Women's Golf does this upcoming season. This week, the 123rd U.S. Amateur, the men's side. Uh, Auburn will have five golfers in that, so – uh, keep your eye out on that. Well, this was her only her third time playing in the event, and she comes out on top representing Auburn. You, you just mentioned the uh, the guys that will be competing in that as well. Good time for Auburn golf, girls and boys, and so excited for uh, for what's happening. So congratulations to her. and Definitely wanted to get your thoughts on that. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Again, he joins us every Monday here on the show. Uh, man, it, it's getting down to it. Football, 19 days away. Tiger Talk begins next week. And tell everybody – where they can find that next week on Thursday night, Jacob Hillman. Yeah, you follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. I'll be retweeting the AU Sports Network account uh, and the details for that. But, hey, it, it is game week for Auburn Athletics. Auburn soccer gets underway there you go. on Wednesday against Stanford at 630 Central at the Auburn Soccer Complex. So 
Hey, we're in the swing of things, Jacob. It, it is about that time. Yes, it is. Well, hey, we will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and then the following week, we'll have a game week for Auburn football to preview. So, looking forward to that. And uh, hey, have a great week. All right. Hey, I appreciate the time as always. War Eagle. That is Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. And again, next week is Tiger Talk, the first coaches show of the year. And again, uh, if you have missed our announcement, we've been pumping this super, super hard. Anybody in the Auburn Opelika area looking to find Auburn University Athletics on the radio, we are now at Auburn Network, the official local flagship stations of the Auburn Sports Network. Wings 94.3 and AU100 are now the official homes of the Auburn Sports Network here in the area. Tiger Talk, Auburn football, and men's basketball will be on Wings 94.3. That's 94.3 on your radio dial and wingsfm.com. And then Auburn women's basketball and baseball will be on AU100, which is au100fm.com as well, and 100.3 on your radio dial. So it all starts next week with Tiger Talk on Thursday night over on Wings 94.3. We'll come back, wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you every single weekday, 2 to 4, here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the show today, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways. Go to ESPNAU.com or you can just type in On the Line where ever you get your podcast and uh, it'll be uploaded commercial free right after the show today so be sure you go and do that lots of breakdown for uh, Auburn scrimmage on Saturday and what happened what we heard what we saw what was reported uh, and what uh, sort of how you should be feeling right now and really opened it up to you as well uh, to tell us how you were feeling so it's been a great show today talked a lot about that uh, what to expect moving forward uh, what it means for Auburn scrimmage on Saturday to have been Eh, I gave it a grade. I gave it a grade of a, a B to a B minus, depending on uh, whichever way you want to go. If you want to be more positive, or if you want to be a little bit more negative. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, also talked a little bit of Braves. We talked a little Auburn football recruiting as well. Uh, didn't get a chance to fully get into who's next for Auburn, but uh, Shane, I, I appreciate your question. And if you're still listening. I'm looking at DeAndre Carter, the big offensive lineman uh, from, from California. If you're looking for a name, that's the one I go to next. Committing sometime this weekend, not a set-in-stone date, but that's the, where, that's the place I would go next if you're Auburn and an Auburn fan looking for the next big recruit for 2024. Tomorrow, we'll talk some more Auburn. Uh, Daryl Dapperts will join us to give us a recap on everything as we get closer and closer to the start of college football 19 days away for Auburn 12 days away for college football in general it's right around the corner folks plus high school football gets going underway this week Lee Scott Academy the team I call for our first game's Thursday night we'll talk some more about that throughout the week as well but go catch up with the podcast ESPNAU.com until tomorrow 2 to 4 right here on ESPN 1067 stay safe I'll talk to you later